It's time to pull those belts tight, race fans. The front stretch is coming at you. Presented by Joe's Karting and Council Bluffs. Now, here's Dan Taylor and Dirk Houston. Welcome to the Front Stretch Race fans, brought to you by Joe's Carding Accounts of Bluffs, online at joescarding.com, fast-paced, white-knuckle racing just across the river on 23rd Avenue. Get over to Joe's Carding today. Do yourself right with a little indoor kart racing. Joining us on the show for this week's interview for the Tailored Computers and Repair Interview of the Week, the co-owner and co-promoter for I-80 Speedway. His uh, life's about to get a little bit busy. Actually, Joe, I don't know what I'm talking about there. Your life's been busy since you were about 13, right? Yeah, really it has, Dan. <laughs> Joe Kaziski joining us on the show now. Joe wanted to get you on for two big reasons. The first one, obviously, you got the Silver Dollar Nationals just around the corner, Tuesday, July 20th to Saturday, July 24th. And then there's been some uh, speculation as to the current state of I-80 Speedway. So, uh, which would you like to cover first? Well, first of all, let's cover the week of the Silver Dollar Nationals. It's not just the Silver Dollar Nationals. I know it's a little confusing for people, but realistically, the first three days, the uh, 20th to the 22nd, is the I-80 Nationals, mm -hmm. which is a two-day qualifying on Tuesday and Wednesday with the uh, bragging rights late models as the support classes. And the Lucas Oil cars will be qualifying for a 30,000 to win race on Thursday night. And is that Tuesday, Wednesday, Lucas Oil? Is that 7,000 uh, to 7,000 each, each day? Yes, sir. To win. Okay. Okay. Uh, and again, that's, that's presented by the, uh, that's the Albelt Homes I 80 Nationals. Uh, Albelt Custom Homes I 80 Nationals. Yes, sir. And that, that takes place for three days. And then, uh, Friday and Saturday is the Silver Dollar Nationals. Mm -hmm. And the Silver Dollar Nationals is the Imperial Tile Silver Dollar Nationals. And that's the one that pays 53000 And let me kind of get back why all this happened. Uh, this winter, there was someone going to pull a 50000 to win race in uh, Charlotte, North Carolina. They was trying to schedule it on the same weekend as our race. And I didn't feel that we was going to get the cars that I wanted here for our uh, Silver Dollar Nationals. And uh, I, I, I want that race to be big for our fans and for our sponsors. So what do we do to go back and combat it? And we went back and said, okay, here's what we're going to do because a 50,000 to win race might've kept Jonathan Davenport closer to home from Georgia to Charlotte than what it is to here. And, you know, might've kept, you know, Scott Bloomquist and some of the guys that we want to have at this race. Right. So we kind of went together and said, you know, a year ago we run the I-80 nationals. It was only going to be a one and done. And I said, I talked to Rick Schwally from Lucas Oil and says, what about if we add that to that weekend? And uh, Rick says, okay, we can do that. He says, if that's what you'd like to do, we'll sure try it. And I said, well, that'll put us a 30,000 to win on Thursday and a 53,000 to win on Saturday. I do not believe anybody's going to stay home for Charlotte when they're going to miss out on two races like that. Yeah. And they agreed very much. And so we set it up to have the I-80 Nat, the Albelt, I Albelt Custom Homes I-80 Nationals on Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday, and the Imperial Tile Silver Dollar Nationals on Friday and Saturday. Was there Confused. a chance that Lucas Oil would not come back to I-80 Speedway for the sanctioning? No, no. They was going to come back and okay. run the Go 50 that we usually done on Thursday mm -hmm. and the Silver Dollar Nationals on Friday and Saturday but there was a chance that we wasn't going to get the, the as many quality cars that aren't just in the top 12 
in the point standings for Lucas yeah. Oil. That's really all they guarantee is the top 12. Okay. They know there's going to be more cars, but they guarantee you that top 12 will be there. Got it. Okay. So once again, just to recap with everybody, the Albell Custom Homes I-80 Nationals kicks off on Wednesday, or Tuesday. excuse me, on Tuesday. Yeah. Yeah. It's a Tuesday show. Uh, it's going to be a three-day show, the Albelt Custom Homes IED Nationals. Again, Tuesday and Wednesday feature the Lucas Oil late models and the Bragg and Wright late models. And then on uh, Wednesday, it's the Don Moore Tribute Race featuring stock cars and the Lucas Oil late models. You made a little bit of a change to the original schedule there. I think the stock cars were originally planned to be on Tuesday. Our support classes on them three days. We, we moved them around a little bit. We were starting off with the Don Moore, which is the stock car division. And we moved the Don Moore, which paid, I mean, the first two days is our IMCA bragging rights, late model class. Basically the crate late model class is the support class. We've been doing real well on them all year. We're running them on Tuesday and Wednesday. They pay 2000 to win on Tuesday, 3000 to win on Wednesday. We have got the Don Moore which is the stock car division running on the day of the 30,000 to win. The Don Moore race is going to pay 2,400 to win and $224 to start. Uh, that runs on Thursday. And then Friday and Saturday, our support classes is going to be the modifieds, which our modifieds are basically IMCA modifieds. And they're going to pay 3,000 to win each day for the modifieds on Friday and Saturday. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of a nice convenient thing because Dirk and I have talked about it. I'm sure a lot of people have talked about it. There's quite a few guys in that stock car class that, oh, you know, happen to be running modified programs. Yes, they, they have a lot more of them have went to both of them this year. So that's why we moved that race from what was originally scheduled as Tuesday and put it to Thursday and, and just left the bragging rights late models them first two days. Have you, uh, uh, figured up all of the pennies and nickels and dimes and gotten a rough estimate of how much money you're going to be paying out over the weekend? Uh, over the five days will be over $600,000. Good land. <laughs> That's a good chunk of change heading out. <laughs> but, but to be real honest, we couldn't do all of it without the great sponsors we got, you know, between yeah. Elbel, Imperial Tile. Um, we've got Lyle's Discount Tire come on this year, SNS, uh, you know, we do that SNS showdown, which is the SNS um, welding custom built trucks and trailers. And, mm -hmm. you know, I mean, uh, I've got a sponsor almost every night for the support divisions, uh, Mook Trucking and uh, shoot, I'm trying to remember, Wojo Painting, yeah. uh, A&M uh, <laughs> Concrete. It just goes on and on and on. I mean, the people to support this, Strobel and uh, Poker Trucking support the heat races it's it's what it takes for all of it to be able to go out so it's not only going out of my pocket for the six hundred thousand. we've got a lot of money of that of theirs that's going to be going out with ours uh five day four day three day and two day packages are available uh, i don't believe you guys have put single day tickets on sale yet that part i'd have to ask the ticket office people i do not know Okay. I think usually that waits until like uh, the week before, before they put the single day tickets on sale, but you could buy five days. I mean, why not make it? I mean, you guys are doing a fantastic job of making this. Just let's just get a camper and go out to I-80 Speedway for the week. That's what most of them are doing. We've got most of the campgrounds. In fact, uh, we started yesterday. We're starting to get more campground area ready because we feel it's going to be that big uh, with this five days of what it's paying. And the ticket sales are up this year. The 
I mean, it's, it's phenomenal. The yeah. racers were getting, it's telling us that they're coming to this race. Uh, last year we had guys like Bobby Pierce going, you know, well, I haven't decided yet. He sees the 30,000 and the 53,000. He's got no thought in his mind. He said, I'm going to be at I-80 Speedway. And that's what we keep hearing from most of the people. And they're going to be here for five days. I mean, this, mm -hmm. this, it's going to be great. I, you know, you need to go every race you can because you don't get these guys back forever and ever and ever. You right. know what I mean? Right. The stars align for these guys to, to come down once and. Uh, you know, this kind of a, of a weekend is something we'll be talking about in 30 or 40 years of saying, boy, remember when, remember when we yeah. had to spend five days out at I-80 Speedway for the uh, Silver Dollar Nationals and the uh, I-80 Nationals. A yep. uh, couple of the bits and pieces kind of falling into place. I know Lisa was talking about there's going to be the band uh, that's going to be playing Friday night in the pits after the races are over with. That's a free concert for people to go down to and enjoy. I know she was working on some food trucks with that. and. One thing I'm really excited about uh, is the uh, the cornhole is back. Brought to you by Wolf Smoky Barbecue on Saturday the 24th. Uh, that's been something that I've really enjoyed Lisa adding, and I I know that you know you and her and and Steve had always talked about we need to add more things for them to do rather than just watch racing. And uh, this was one of those great things that you guys have added. Well, if everybody watches the website, she's got other things she's trying to add, and I can't keep up with her half the mm -hmm. time. But uh, she's talking about doing an, another band name on. Thursday and uh, just a few more things that's going on. Uh, I don't remember what else uh, she's got. She's trying to do some kind of a golf cart, whatever, <laughs> I, whatever kind of a UTV that you've got uh, doing some kind of a parade. They're going to parade them, you know, through the pits and paying whoever's got the best paraded entry some money. And uh, I think she keeps trying to find things that, you know, I can yeah. spend a little more money on, you know, how yeah. it goes. Well, I, I really like the idea, and I know that COVID got in the way of it, but but doing kind of a Speedway Motors uh, Museum tour, doing like a bus to go down there on on uh, Thursday or Friday or something like that, and you guys are really close to getting that put together, and then COVID happened, and it kind of got put on the back burner, but uh, that'd be something that'd be really fun to add back, because as many people on this show, and, and Dirk knows, and I think you know, I've never been down to that Speedway Motors Museum. I'd love to have an opportunity to have to go. You know, I don't know if she's got that on the burner this year, but I know with when the COVID come about, they kind of quit going through the museum. I don't know if they've opened it back up yet, even mm. myself, but I know she takes care of that. And Lee here in the office will be helping take care of that. Uh, Lisa's got, you know, everybody here going 100 mile an hour that mm -hmm. she can get. As you know, you, you get to listen to her and work for her also. <laughs> it's it's tough to keep up. I don't know how you Kaziskis do it. You guys... You guys do definitely run at a higher level than most of us. <laughs> well, I guess you have to, if you want to be successful. That's true. That might be the reason why I'm not that successful. <laughs> you, you got time, Dan. You will be. <laughs> well, I keep telling myself that and 40 is just around the corner. Yeah. Uh, talking with Joe Kaziski of IED Speedway, getting set for the Albelt Custom Homes IED Nationals on Tuesday, July 20th, Wednesday, July 21st, and Thursday, July 22nd. Then the Imperial Tile Silver Dollar Nationals on Friday, July 23rd and Saturday, July 24th. Joe, I'm really excited about this. You know, they always talk about ticket sales are going to be tough to come by or tickets are going to be tough to come by. Tickets to this and, you know, and get them now and get them that. I, I really have sold myself on this is going to be a tough year to get tickets the day of any one of these days because I think you guys struck on something with the I-80 Nationals last year. And, and what I mean by that is that you were able to, you guys worked with Knoxville to take over their date when they were forced to close. 
and not be able to have their Lucas Oil late model series. And I remember Lisa saying that somewhere around 60 or 70% of the tickets sold for the I-80 Nationals were people that had never been to I-80 Speedway before. And them same people said, we're going to be back. Yeah. I talked to a number of them and I probably wouldn't be getting ready to make more camping. I may be disappointed, but we're making more camping space as we speak. It's going wow. in today. We're putting roads in if I didn't feel that it was going to get four. Mm-hmm. And if it gets too full, it, you never know. You never yeah. know. I, yeah. I don't want to make any predictions because then I'll feel bad if I don't hit my predictions. Right. Yeah. Well, and I, I, I think it's worth noting and worth emphasizing to people. Don't sit on these. Don't wait. Don't think, ah, you know, it's Saturday afternoon. I think I'll go out to the Silver Dollar Nationals tonight. That's yep. not going to happen. I, I really do. I mean, the Saturday night of the, of the event has uh, sold out for a, a few years. Obviously, last year with COVID, it was a little bit of a different deal. I think that's going to be back in full force and you'll have a packed crowd on on at least Saturday, Friday and Thursday is going to be a, de- a really, really good crowd. I'm excited to see what Tuesday and Wednesday do, especially with that I80 Nationals attached to it. All those people that came over from the Knoxville race will now make that association and say, oh, hey, I got to go back to that. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I really do. Uh, like I said, five-day, four-day, three-day, and two-day weekend packages available at i80speedway.com. That's the I-80, uh, the, the weekend to come. Once again, the, the 20th through the 24th, five big days of racing at i80 Speedway for the Lucas Oil Late Models. Again, Bragging Right Late Models on Tuesday and Wednesday. The Don Moore Tribute Race feature in the Stock Cars is on Thursday, and then Modifieds on Friday and Saturday as your support classes. Uh this coming Friday is the kids bike races at I-80 Speedway. I'm scrolling through the pages and uh, I think it's worth noting that because that's one of those great uh, family oriented events that uh, everybody needs to bring their bike out to and come play. Uh, this weekend, yes. And and so everybody, so it's not let off to be wrong. It used to be we was able to get bikes. And if you notice when you go to a lot of the places, there's no bikes to be yeah. gotten a lot of them. So this year we're going to be using trophies rather than bikes. We're sorry, but we just can't get the bikes this year for the bike races that we really like to get. I don't know so, if it's most tracks saying we're going to give you a trophy and instead of a bike, I'd be like, Oh, you know, that, that's tough. But I 80 speedway is pretty notorious for having some badass trophies. Yeah. We, we always try to do real nice trophies and, you know, I'll see what Lisa comes up with for the trophies for this race that for them bike races. That's all I can say. Um, something else I'd like to bring up that I don't want to forget, but Dirt Track Banks is putting together, uh, they're going to put, um, it's like a money card. There's going to be a lucky winner every night for $500 each night of the of the nationals between the IED nationals and the silver dollar nationals. Mm-hmm. And then the support class, the winner is going to get a $500 uh, extra bonus from Dirt Track Bank. And basically once they get all the information and get it in, your money's in your account and you can either leave it there, use it as you want. You know what I'm saying? So it's just like giving you $500 worth of cash really, but it's going to take a day or two for it to be mm-hmm. in there to where they can do that. Yeah. Uh, that's awesome to hear that uh, dirt track bank has been such a huge supporter of dirt racing and I-80 speedway. And uh, I know Jay and everybody down at Malvern bank has, has reaped the rewards from partnering with you and in the, uh, the two series also. Right. Right. All right. Uh, so again, July 9th, this coming Friday, the kids bike races at I-80 Speedway, uh, Malvern Bank, excuse me, the modified Bragg and Wright late model sport mod stock cars, hobby stocks and compacts are on the bill uh, for uh, racing action starts at 715. 
Let's talk about the big elephant in the room. Uh, I know you and I have had several conversations about this, and I know you have had to answer about a – I can only imagine how many text messages and phone calls. What's going on with I-80 Speedway? What's going on with I-80 Speedway? Well, look, a little while ago we talked, and as you know, me and Steve's not getting no younger, and there's going to come a day that I-80 Speedway is going to get sold. And have we talked to some people over the last couple, two or three years? We've had probably a half a dozen to – 10 different people that we have talked to Mm -hmm. um there is nothing that has been done i mean if anything would have been done by today or by any other date in the near future i'd have been saying oh you better get out here tonight because this is the last time you'll see the i-80 nationals this is the last time you'll see the silver dollar nationals but that isn't the case it's not sold as everybody in the pits keeps telling me and as everybody keeps telling me have we had people look at it yes they have We've had people that's looked at it and asked construction companies to come by and, you know, do their due diligence about what would take to do this and do that. But no one has ever given us a contract to sign, has ever given us a down payment. As of today, we are just like we was five years ago, but we have got people that are working on it that has given us offers. Mm-hmm. Doesn't mean it's going away. Doesn't mean it is. And I think what concerns me about it, I mean, obviously I'm going to, I've heard rumors of every racetrack shutting down or selling over the last, you know, six, seven, 10 years I've been involved in the sport. It's a, it's a prevailing rumor that swirls around every, uh, every couple of months with the different racetrack. But what kind of lends a little more credence to this one is the proximity to I-80 to interstate 80. And the land is getting worth a, a very high value to be able to race 30 times a year and be able to make it uh, what we have to do to make it 100% is just not, how do you want to say it? it we, we are doing our best yet, but all of us are, are getting a little older, getting a little more wore out. And it seems to be getting harder, Joe. Yes, it sure does. And <laughs> I, mean, and, and I don't know how really many times harder, it's really not harder. It's just our, uh, our balloons are starting to deflate, I guess is what, yeah. I need to say, and you know, so it's going to happen. I mean, it, it's got to happen. It's got to happen for our health, for health reasons. It's got to happen for mental reasons, you know, the whole way through. It's, it's been truly amazing to watch you, your brother, your mom, your dad, your daughter, your son, your nieces, your nephew. I mean, everybody that has the name Kaziski or is within two times removed has busted their butts out at I-80 Speedway. And, and it's, it truly is a family affair, but I can see that it's wearing on everybody to have to keep working. And, and it's, it's tough to find help these days too. Yes, very tough. You know, and we get people that'll say, I mean, my wife and the concession stands just can't hardly keep up anymore. And, mm-hmm. and there's nights when you can't get help. And, you know, she's got some wonderful friends and wonderful people that help her out. Uh, like to get through the silver dollar nationals she's got some you get some of the nights when it's not going to be real busy and everybody says well my kid would like to go to work there but we find out that a lot of them you hire them and they just wanted to really be somewhere that they could draw money and not really figure out that they really wanted to work somewhere because that is probably the busiest restaurant in the state over that two hours yeah that people don't really realize how hard of work that is and and what it takes and just trying to keep up with stock in the coolers and carrying the pop out of the back. Cause you can't put enough in them coolers to take care of the people. You just, <laughs> there's just so many things, how many hamburgers, you know what I mean? 
we'll go through some nights, we'll go through 120, 130 cases of hamburgers, not counting everything else. You know what I'm saying? And yeah. Yes. Yeah. It's a lot of work. Well, and the other challenging thing is I, th- I think a lot of people think, well, I want to go work for IED Speedway. I want to go work for IED Speedway. And then after your first night of work and you realize, well, I didn't get to watch any of the racing. We're, right. This, this wasn't what I was expecting. I was, I was stuck in the sweet checker. I was stuck, you know, doing whatever. And I didn't get to watch the races, but, uh, I, and I think that's another difficult hurdle to get over too. Well, and the other thing is it's, it's getting about that time of my life. I'm, you know, I'm in my mid sixties and it's getting about that time of my life that I want to sit back and watch a few races and just enjoy it. I don't want to be tied up every weekend. Mm-hmm. I've been in the, I've been in the racing business one way or the other as a driver, as an owner. I mean, we've owned I-80 Speedway for, I think this is our 18th year we've ran it. And I was, I raced a race car for 36 years, but accumulatively it's been almost 50 years. I've been either driving a race car or owning a racetrack. And, 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 and I'm counting when you were, when you were still in, in diapers at the racetrack with your dad. Yes, absolutely. You know, but you give it, you give your life up when you really think about it because all summer long, you know, I don't know how many weddings I've missed. I don't know how many uh, family reunions, you know, I don't hardly ever make one of those. I mean, it's, it's not, and it's not a pity. I loved it. I love my life. I loved what we've done, but it's just coming down to it. It's going to happen one of these days. And, you know, there might be somebody out there that's listening that says, you know what? I've got the money that I could own that place and they could come out here and just run it. I don't care. Yeah. You know what I mean? I don't, I don't care. I just know that it's going to happen. And I, and I hate for it to happen to one of the wrong places. It's going to take it down and not have it as a speedway. Yeah. Well, how do you, how do you miss family reunions when you have one every damn week at the racetrack? <laughs> well, that's, that's the close family reunions. <laughs> that's, that's the close reunions. That's the, brothers and sisters and mom and dad and you know what i mean uh my my siblings that me and my wife have and the siblings steve has and you know we uh, we had them we have we still have a lot of nieces and nephews that come and you know my brother ed's there most of the weeks and uh you know just it, it my sister sue still works for us and you know i mean it's it's a lot behind well, all of it and yes. again you, you know I, I i see your mom and dad out there but they get there before i do which i usually get there at about three o'clock in the afternoon and they're usually there after. Well, no, I, I find my way down to the bridges and, and I stay there a little bit after them. But yeah. they're, they're working hard while while I'm usually just playing. But uh, your mom and dad bust their butts out there every single week. They, they've got they've got everything that they know what they want to do. And we've tried to slow them down. We've tried to do what we can do. to. <laughs> and you know what they say? If we stop, we're going to die. And you'd rather yeah. keep us around because we can help you out until no, we we're done. And you know, I mean it, and, and what it is, is really the truth. I mean, really the harder you go, the better off you are, but at some point you do want to slow down a little bit. We still take them to a lot of races whenever we get them to go, which they're slowing down every year. They only want to go to one or two. Now they don't want to go like they used to. If we can keep them going, you know what? It's a great thing that to, to still how many races we go to and people still know my dad, you know, that from when he was racing, you know, and, and, and it's, it's just wonderful to be able to see that when you can. It is truly a different something. I can't quite put my, put the words to it together right now, but I obviously work at a racetrack every Friday and Saturday night, but those nights that I get to go and be a spectator, it is so different and, and kind of liberating to just sit back and not have to worry about what do I need to do next? And what, you know, what can I do next? What's, what's coming up? It's, you just get to sit and watch the race. 
And I got to yeah. imagine it's the same thing for you and your family. You guys get to go as spectators the few times a year. It's, it's just, it's wonderful when we get to go be a spectator. You know, and the thing is, if something ever happens to the Speedway, I'm probably not going to give up on the, on my series, you know, so I'll still be in, involved in racing that, you know what I'm saying? That the, yeah. me and Steve own, you know, the Melbourne bank, super late models and the Hoker trucking super late model series. And I'm one of those individuals that I just don't know how to say no. So you never know if I'll have a race or two at some other racetrack. I don't never know. Yeah. We haven't sold it yet. So <laughs> I mean, but I just keep wanting to, I, I want people to know, you know, when it comes time, when it comes time, I will let everybody know that I've taken a down payment and what all the stipulations are that's going with it. Yeah. I, I don't need to hide it from nobody. There's, you know, if somebody hates me because I have to do what I have to do. Okay. But I hope they thank me for the 50 years I spent for them going the other way. So yeah. And my mom and dad, I look at the years they've spent, they've spent what? 75 years. I mean, they're, they're in their eighties and my dad drove for his dad and his dad, you know what I mean? So He's been around it ever since basically racing's been in Nebraska, I think. I think it's going to be heartbreaking for a lot of people. And anger will be a part of it because that's a natural part of, of heartache. What I-80 has built, and, and I'm, I'm a little biased because I've worked so closely with you guys over the last several years, but the I-80 Nationals, the Silver Dollar Nationals, the Charlie Clark Memorial, the Cornhusker Classic, the, and the Cornhusker wasn't something you guys built, but continued it and, and continued to build on it. But so many great races, so many great events, so many great memories. I mean, I think this will be very similar to the way the community has, has missed Sunset Speedway. Yeah. You know, I mean, and, and as you sit down and say that, you know, we've got a World Outlaw show that's coming back again this year. We've had a World Outlaw yeah. show like four out of the last five years. We've, we've got, uh, you know, the, the Casey's Fall Brawl. and the Melbourne Bank Go 50 is going to happen. The Lucas Oil Cars will be back here on Wednesday night. I think it's the 16th of September. They're going to be back here and uh, running with the 15th of September. They're to, the Melbourne Bank uh, Go 50 will be back. So there, there's still a lot of great races when you sit down and look at the schedules that we put together. And, and sometimes I think that just running weekly races wouldn't be quite so tough, mm -hmm. but it wouldn't be so exciting. I if I'm going to be involved, I want to be involved in something that's really good. Joe Kaziski of I-80 Speedway joining us. You heard it here. It is not sold, but uh, offers uh, uh, interest has been expressed uh, from multiple candidates over the last couple of years. Is that the best way to put it? There's been multiple candidates over the last couple of years. Yes, that's exactly the way to say it. And we've got people that are talking as we are speaking, I know that there's people that's been talking to our lawyers. So mm -hmm. who knows? Uh, if if something is done in the next two months, is there a chance that the season wouldn't conclude? The, if there's something that's done, the season will, will not end. If something happened anytime this year, the season will finish. Okay. Our schedule is set for this year. People, I've told anybody that's been interested, that our people have built race cars to race for us this year. Our people are racing with us and I will not pull a race out of from underneath of them. I'm not going to close early. Cornhusker Classic, I think is our last race on the season mm -hmm. and we're going to run the Cornhusker Classic. So it, it's all going to happen all the way up till okay. then. And actually in most of the things when we put together with our lawyer, we're trying to get 
most anybody that's saying that they're interested that we can get the 22 season out of what we're trying to do if something would happen. Joe, appreciate the time. Appreciate your candidates. And uh, it's always great talking with you. Dan, I appreciate it. We'll be talking. All right. We'll see you uh, Friday night at the racetrack. Thank you. All right. Have a good one. You bet. Bye. Thanks, Joe. Once again, that was Joe Kaziski of IED Speedway. Big thanks to Joe for joining us on the show. Uh, we're going to take a quick break. We're going to come back in the next corner. And uh, Dirk and I are going to give our thoughts on the IED Speedway situation. And then uh, we'll also talk some NASCAR stuff, uh, recap the Road America race, and uh, also get you set for Hot Lana. <laughs> hot Lana. It's, it's going to be hot. Hang on. We'll be back on the front stretch. The official watering hole of the front stretch has you covered any day of the week with the best wings, great burgers, and amazing steaks. Each weekday from 4 to 6 is happy hour, featuring dollar off draft and well drinks plus $4 Luberitas. Mondays are kids night. Tuesdays are all you can eat wings for $12.95. And the lube even delivers to the Council Bluffs area. Like Quaker Steak and Lube Council Bluffs on Facebook for a full list of weekly events. Get to Quaker Steak and Lube. Mid-America Drive, Council Bluffs. We all have that coworker that runs their mouth off at how great they are. They shot a five under par, 95 mile an hour fastball, bench press 375, bra. Wouldn't you love to shut them up by schooling them at Joe's Karting? Council Bluffs premier indoor karting track, professionally designed so each corner is your opportunity to embarrass your coworker. Call Buddy for your next company outing at 712-256-5278. Joe's Karting, white knuckle racing just across the river on 23rd Avenue next to AMC 17. We're hooked up in turn two and still showing the green flag on the front stretch. Welcome back to the front stretch. We appreciate everybody hanging out with us. Turn number two brought to you by Quaker Steak and Lube, the official watering hole of the front stretch. Get over to the lube today for all the delicious pizza, wings, uh, burgers, sandwiches, wraps. Have I forgotten anything, Um, Steaks, steaks, salads. Did I really forget the steaks? Steaks, salads, skillets. <laughs> They do actually have good skill. No skillets. That's uh, what was that skillet we had there for a while? Mac Daddy skillet. Yep. Oh, yep. that was so good. Uh, Dirk, you got to come down to Classic Car Cruising last Thursday and try out the pizza for for the very first time at Quaker Steak. Yeah, it's uh, um, the crust is interesting because it's not it's a thinner crust, but it's not you know like the cracker crust. Right. You know, you get for a thin crust at like Casey's, and it's definitely not a thick crust. Um, you know, good flavor. Uh, uh, I'm not going to say it's the best pizza I ever ate, but it definitely isn't like eating a frozen pizza. It's good. Yeah. yeah, I think it's pretty dang good for a wing joint. And I think it's pretty on par for what Quaker Steak puts out. You know, most places are good at, are, at putting out burgers. Most places, some places are good at doing wings. Most, some places are good at doing pizza. I have been continuously surprised that Quaker Steak, you can go there and have a really good steak, wing, burger, pizza, whatever. They've, they've got really, really good food that's there. Yeah, their food's great, you know, and for me, it was kind of interesting because I got to have a beer with my pizza for the first time in a long yeah. ass time. Yeah, you got to enjoy a nice, uh, nice cold one. What was the, the beer that you had? You you got the. Uh, I don't know. Uh, you, you picked it. <laughs> yeah, I'm trying to think what they've got on tap. So one of my new beers that I've really enjoyed uh, is from Council Bluffs, and it's finally making its way over into Omaha, but it is on tap at Quaker Steak and Lube, and it's it's called Full Fledged. So they brew right over there by the Mid-America Center. And um, right next to where that famous Dave's used to be years and years and years ago. And now it's a bad pizza place, which is saying a lot for, for pizza places. Cause usually pizza is good. 
99% of the pizza out there is good. This is the 1% that's just bad. But anyways, uh, it's called Full-Fledged over there in Council Bluffs. And my favorite is the, the Council's Kolsch, which has got a lot more flavor and a little bit of citrus need to it, a lot similar to like a bush, a bush light. Uh, but I think the one you had was Dank Heavens, which is an, a hazy IPA. And uh, yeah, we get to enjoy a couple of those. Those are pretty good. Man, and I want to thank the stranger that gave me a Bud Light. I yeah, no but, uh, it was a Bush Light, wasn't it? Or Bush Light, excuse yeah. me. Bush Light. I just. <laughs> that was. It's, it's, somebody gave you a look and then it came rolling over on the ground. I don't yeah, know I what could... I got to do to get that. I suppose I got to. I suppose I got to quit drinking for 30 years and then have a kidney replaced. Well, I don't know. That lady handed me a beer and she just shrugged her shoulders and pointed over to outside the beer garden there. And some guy waved at me and walked away. Yeah. I, I wish no I'd have seen idea. him. I wish I'd have seen him because I think I would have had a pretty good idea of who it was, but I, I didn't see who the guy was. So I couldn't tell you. But, you know, I saw who it was and I couldn't tell you. Yeah. So. It's always a good day when a stranger buys you a beer. But uh, no, we had a good time, sat there and, and talked for a bit and, yeah. you know, said hi to a few people and looked at some cars and did what we do yeah god the cars there that was packed parking lot uh on last thursday yeah yeah i mean it wasn't as full as what it was for the uh uh wheels of courage but uh yeah it was there was a lot of cars yeah the wheels of courage is a is a crazy weekend but it's still it's i mean on a uh i'm gonna say probably a, a nice august to early september evening when it's not you know 90 degrees outside it's more like 80 75 or 80 that the the classic cars will wrap around the parking lot oh well they were wrapped around i mean the parking lot was probably 80 to 90 percent full you know it's not like there there was a bunch of empty spots but uh you know uh again that wheels of courage car show you know they had them yeah. slammed in there and inches apart and everything else just to get them yep. you know, all in nine there were even some that should have been in the show that were in the parking lot over in the dirt <laughs> yep absolutely uh, so anyways, get over to Quaker Steak and Lube, a great place to uh, to enjoy some great food. Uh, Crystal and Chet sent me a Snapchat, and I, unfortunately, I'd shut off my phone for the night because I try to disconnect as often as I can from my phone because we're so damn attached throughout the days. But um, I didn't see Crystal's Snapchat that they were down there. But yeah, uh, Gunner Pike and his his lovely girlfriend, Nicole, were over there. I love it when people send me Snapchats, and, and they'll always take a picture of like something that's hanging from the ceiling or or one of the uh, the knickknack stuff that's up on the walls, and they're like, "Guess where I'm at?" I'm like, "Come on, you got to make it harder than that." <laughs> I know everything that's on those walls. <laughs> uh, so get over to Quaker Steak and Lube, Dirk. Uh, quite a bit of a conversation last uh, last segment with Joe Kaziski about the uh, state of I80 Speedway. Uh, and by the way, that was priceless. I was I was taking a drink of my beer when you dropped that line, and I almost did a spit take, but I, I held it in. <laughs> yeah, I'm proud of you. I'm proud of you. You're finally, you. you're finally training's paying off. Right. Uh, uh, thoughts, uh, thoughts on, on what some of the things Joe said. Well, I mean, I've been around a race in a long time and I heard the rumor at every track I've ever been to, you know, two or three times a summer that the place is sold, mm -hmm. you know, and uh, until it actually gets sold, I just, I just shrug them off. It don't make yeah. no difference. You can, uh, there's no reason to worry about something that, you know, just because somebody says it, right. you know, right. It, it's, it's not really, you know, gossip, so to speak, you know, cause it's not super personal type stuff, but it's, 
it's still it's just you know somebody starts up a goofy rumor for whatever reason they get a kick out of it i guess i don't know yeah but uh then all it does is get everybody all flustered and like joe said if the track was sold he's going to tell you hey this is the last time you're going to see these lucas oil cars you better exactly. get to the track he's a promoter he knows that the best way to sell tickets is to say this is the last one. He had me do it last year, and this isn't being facetious or, or, or you know talking about about Joe. But he told me last year he goes, "You make sure and let everybody know this is the one and only I eighty Nationals." And then when he announced it earlier this year that they were going to have the eighty Nationals again, I said, uh, "Joe, <laughs> is it? Yeah, I'm sorry, <laughs> we, yeah. we didn't plan on bringing it back because it was because Knoxville would be taking that Lucas Oil late model date back, but." It just so happened to work out that that we wanted to bring it back, and and here we are. And so well, they, that, and I think Knoxville, you know, they loaded up. They've got their NASCAR truck races this Friday night, mm-hmm. you know, and then they got the uh, SRX series was there, you know, Tony Stewart's new deal. Yeah. So you know, uh, them wanting to to do another race, you know, uh, they kind of didn't have any space to put it in. Right. Yeah. So, uh, anyways, it. Uh, I'm. I'm. I'm not surprised. Obviously I've talked to Joe quite a bit and, and I've, I've told the line a little bit of being a friend with him, being an employee, and then being one of the co-hosts of this show that Joe and I have several private conversations. He's told me a while ago, uh, earlier this year that, that there are people that are very interested in the land and that the people that are talking to him, it will not be a racetrack. There's just, there's just no way around it. And he's getting to the point where he has fought off the temptation to take that check. And I mean, I, I couldn't do the math in my head. I, I think IED Speedway, the, the entire property they own, I want to say it's somewhere around 40 to 45 acres. And that's a, that, that's a ton of land and a tempting check. I got to be honest with you guys. If somebody came to me with a check for 45 acres at, uh, at, at current today prices per acre, I'd sell. I'd sell well, a heartbeat. It's in the millions of dollars. Let's just yeah. be honest. You know, it's yeah, a lot it's, of money. It's it's money that that you never have to worry about money again. And but Joe has resisted the temptation to sell that because he has such a loyalty to the race community. But it's getting harder and harder with COVID on on the track last year and on everybody. I'm not just centering the track and saying it was worse on them. It was hard on the track last year. Putting together a five day weekend is so difficult people have no idea the details you have to 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 get done and get lined up and then to run weekly racing and let me just be frank about it to put all your heart and soul and effort and time and and money and 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 tears and and everything and then you have 11 modified show up or eight hobby stocks show up it's disheartening and i think this is just my speculation i think that's what he was talking about when he was saying that he's lost his motivation for it, that it's it's gotten incredibly difficult to get drivers to come out and commit to a to a weekly series like I-80 Speedway and, and like McCool and Beatrice and, and the hundreds of other tracks throughout the area that have a tough time breaking 100 cars in a, in a, in a five-class night. Uh, it, it just gets difficult. And I think they're at the point now where they're thinking, well, we could keep running our asses off and die owning this thing, or we can cash in and enjoy the the last 10 years we have of our lives before our bodies really start to degrade. Yeah. It's, you know, it, it is a health issue. You know, like Joe said, he's in his mid sixties and, you know, if he started to have health issues now uh, between the stress and the actual physical 
work at the track. It's he's not going to get any younger. That's for yeah. darn sure. You know. Yep. So, you know, I mean, if, if they sell it, I if anybody gets mad at them, they should have ponied up and bought the damn place and done with it what they wanted. Yeah. You know. What do you think that land's worth? Just spitball. I mean, it depends what somebody's going to use it for. Yeah. But I mean that that land off of the interstate. Would you pay ten thousand? Uh, what is farmland? I couldn't pay ten cents. I, I couldn't pay ten cents an acre. <laughs> what is? But, I think farmland is eight thousand an acre, right? I, I have no idea. I'm not a farmer. I think my, I think my brother was telling me it was eight or nine thousand an acre. You know, and that also depends where the farmland's at. Yeah. You know, if it's in a floodplain, hell no, it ain't worth eight thousand dollars an acre. You know, but if it's not in a floodplain, then it might well be. Yeah. It's just the same with this racetrack. Are you going to keep it a racetrack? It's a turnkey operation. Mm-hmm. So yes, it's worth more that way than it is if you're going to bulldoze it and put buildings up. Well, it's, if we're talking millions, and it, and I got the feeling that that we're talking probably ten million dollars for that land. Again, I, I mean, I'm not going to guesstimate. To a place, I, I, this is just me thinking. Again, I, I want to make sure and stress. I don't know anything. I don't know the buyers that have come to the table and have, ta- have conversations. That no, information correct. has not been divulged you're, to me. You're correct, but, and you you don't know anything. <laughs> so you can stop right there. If I'm Jeff Bezos, and God, I wish I was, except for the lazy eye thing. That does kind of bother me. If I'm Jeff Bezos or whoever's in charge, and I'm looking at, at putting distribution centers in the Midwest because – this is something that has escaped a lot of companies for a long time. If I want to service the entire United States, being in the middle is kind of a good idea. I-80 Speedway is pretty much right in the middle of the United States. It is directly off of a major corridor in this country, and it is big enough land. This is total speculation on my part. Again, this is big enough land. You could build your own airport. So if I'm Amazon and I'm looking to add more distribution centers in the Midwest, $10 million, $20 million, that's nothing. That's a steal for what that land could do for me and my company for the next 20 or 30 years. That's just me spitballing and total speculation again. Well, I wish Elon Musk would get involved with it because he'd probably leave it a racetrack and dome the damn thing. (laughs) Yeah, but then he'd tweet and... And, and then it'd go on, it'd, it'd be a whole thing, yeah. Yeah, you know, I mean, he'd make everybody run, you know, electric cars, but mm-hmm. it'd still be a racetrack, so it's yeah. good. All right, uh, I'm glad to hear that from Joe, that I because I kind of was getting worried that that uh, this was going to be the last year and, and the deal was going to get done and, and the deal was going to get announced at the Silver Dollar Nationals when he's on the biggest stage. It still could be, but I know he has told me, and I know just from knowing Joe, He's fighting to keep the racetrack open for 2022. And, and I, I respect that a lot. Now I can't remember if you said it or not. I can't remember who said it, but what the schedule looks like in 2022 will be completely up in the air. Who knows if they do weekly racing, if they just come back and do specials. Cause I, I get the feeling that weekly racing in the Midwest is, is becoming an endangered species that they're going to, there's going to be a lot of tracks that are going to switch to just running specials. And they're all going to work together to where basically drivers are going to be able to race three to four weekends out of the season, but it's going to be at different racetracks. McCool will have a race this weekend. Beatrice will have a race this weekend, you know, so on and so forth. But I, I, I think the weekly stuff is, is, is on, uh, on the verge of becoming extinct. Yeah. And I don't know. I, I, I kind of see where you're coming from with that, but the weekly racing 
you know, it's been a staple for 60, 70 years in the area. Yeah. I don't just see it going away, even though we're seeing certain classes having issues with weekly racing at certain tracks, mm-hmm. you know, um, not all the classes are having that issue. Yeah. You know, um, I mean, Joe's having a hard time drawing a field of modifieds for yeah. whatever reason. And, and, um, and hobby stocks too. I mean, it, that's what hobby stocks, hobby stocks have always been an issue with that track. When I was involved with one of the hobby stock racers, Mm -hmm. the 12 to 15 car field was all they ever got. Really? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, cause they, they, there was a group of them that came to Joe. Don't quote me on this date, but three to four, maybe five years ago said, Joe, we got to come race weekly at your track. We want to come race weekly at your track. We'll bring, we'll bring cars. We want to come race weekly at your track. So he added them. And I don't think we've had on a weekly show. I don't think we've had over 15 ever. Yeah. And that's, that's what that track was drawing. And I mean, I was involved with a hobby stock car from 2005 after I quit NASCAR to, I don't know, 2008, maybe somewhere in there, you know, rough date. And uh, yeah, there was a, a year or two where Joe went to, you know, the hobby stocks ran maybe twice a month. Yeah. You know, he said, you guys aren't bringing in the cars. Right. And as silly as this sounds, that was when Jesse Sobbing was driving a hobby stock. <laughs> You know, and people, uh, uh, the seven car Myers, he was racing one then. Tom Myers. Um, yeah. Yeah. He's still in a hobby. Um, there's a few other guys. Tracy Weber was running a hobby there for a while. And, but yeah, it was, you know, Oh Jesus. That's the reason why the class is suffering. 12, 13, 15 cars. That's all that ever showed up, you know? And, and it, it, again, this is probably something I shouldn't say, but just running Facebook pages like I do for, for the front stretch and for, i80 and, and for eagle i80 posts a, a, a weekly show and somebody says why aren't the mod- why aren't the hobby stocks racing and i just want to reply back and say because nobody comes when i80 puts the hobby stocks on as a weekly class nobody comes that's the reason why there's not enough support for the class it's 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 not rocket science no and i'm honestly kind of surprised that the modifieds are still on the bill for the silver dollar nationals if i was joe getting the cars that i got at the weekly racing and the Charlotte Clark Memorial, I'd have moved the modifieds off. Joe's obviously a smarter guy than I am, so <laughs> that ain't saying much. <laughs> <laughs> that's true. <laughs> I'm just, I'll argue with you on some things, most things. That's not one of them. No, he's got me. I mean, Joe obviously knows the racing industry a lot better than I do, and and he's been far more successful at it than I have. But it, there's like you, you know, the the point the point you were making, there are certain classes at certain tracks that suffer. The only class at all tracks that don't suffer are sport modifieds. Exactly. That's it. Uh, exactly. And I mean, uh, it's, it's been that way for a long time. Um, you know, Eagle went through a problem and they dumped their uh, sport mod class because they weren't getting any cars. And I can remember where, when I 80 first started that class, I can remember going a couple nights and there were, 65 70 cars Jesus. wait a minute Are, did you say that right eagle had trouble getting sport mods or not no i i, I meant subcompacts if i said oh, sport mods, uh, no compact. sport compacts yeah yeah that's awesome you know i was like wait a minute what <laughs> yeah no sport compacts yeah and uh you know so they dropped the class and then you know they added the stock cars and they seem to be getting a pretty decent field of stock cars they've got some good cars yeah you oh, know my I'm, god the racing is it's so freaking good (laughs) well that that class as far as i'm concerned you can go anywhere in the midwest and that's going to be the best class on the track if it's on the schedule yeah 
And it used to be the same way with the pro-amps. Yeah. Now the stock cars, they started out really well. Uh, uh, Roger has the luxury of saying, I'm gauging my cars off of B features. If I have a B feature, then I had a good car count that night. Most class, most car, most tracks are worried about having enough for three heat races. Uh, but the stock cars have kind of dwindled since the first two weeks. We haven't had a B feature since I think the second or th- second week of we raced. Uh, but we've been staying pretty consistent at, you know, 17, 18, 19. So it's a full feature. It's not a completely full feature, but it's a full enough feature. Yeah. Well, I mean, you get into it a couple weeks and you have some guys break some stuff and, you know, yeah. you break a tranny, you break an engine, you know, unless you got two or three of them sitting there, that's something tough to come back from. And there's not you a know. lot of people that got two or three engines laying around these days. And they're you, just hard to come out by. The Eagle Eagles banked enough and short enough that you got to run a whole bunch of gear. And some guys don't, have, you know, they come out once or twice and twice and try the gear that they have and find out it's not enough gear or it's too much gear. You know, they just mm-hmm. say, you know, deck with it. I can't, I can't race at that track. Yeah. 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 I had a guy tell me the other day that he doesn't race at ID Speedway because, uh, what was the conversation? It had to do with changing gear. Uh, I can't, I, uh, and so I'm going to take the whole thing out, but I, I can't remember what the conversation was, but yeah. So anyways, uh, to recap, I-80 Speedway, the Silver Dollar Nationals, the I-80 Nationals coming up the 20th through the 24th. Definitely get your tickets. I, I mean, I got the gut feeling. I, I think I-80 Speedway's days are numbered. I think we will be incredibly lucky if we're racing in the 2023 season. So if you've never gotten out to the, the Silver Dollar Nationals, I think you've got two chances left. My honest opinion. I think you got two chances to get it done. Mm-hmm. Um, so don't don't wait on that. And I I would get your multi day tickets. I mean, if you got to go to the race Friday Saturday, get two day tickets. Oh 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 no, <laughs> you're gonna have a great time. You're gonna see a lot of great racing. You're gonna see some of the best in the business. Uh, but get your multi day passes. Don't wait until the uh, single day tickets go available because I don't think you're gonna be able to watch racing on Saturday. I think that uh-huh. that is gonna sell out in no time. You know how famous you're going to be when they line up the hundredth annual Silver Dollar Nationals? Uh, why? What are you talking because, about? Because you're saying they're not going to make the twentieth annual when they have the hundredth annual Silver Dollar Nationals. They're going to be laughing at you. Oh, that's true. There, yeah. <laughs> well, I think hopefully they'll they'll have forgotten me by then. It's been a very traumatic couple of years for fans out at I Speedway. <laughs> All right. Uh, let's see. What else do we have to talk about? Um, I think it's worth noting that the sport compact driver that was injured at ID Speedway on Friday night, last I heard, and this was through his Facebook post, uh, he's good. He's uh, most of his situation was, uh, uh, gosh, darn, I'm having a tough time with words was uh, precautionary. So he didn't, they didn't injure anything else. And then they, they shipped him to the hospital to make sure everything was okay. He was released the next day. He's perfectly fine. He's not injured. He still owned a race car. He's not perfectly fine. <laughs> that was exactly why I, I hesitated there and didn't change my wording. But he's uh, physically okay. Saturday night at Eagle Raceway, Neil Nicolite took a nasty spill. And I knew right away from this, this flip that it was going to be a tough one because Dirk, he did one of those rolled over on his side and then it kind of pirouetted on one of the rear wheels and then flipped over and smacked perfectly on all fours. And those impacts hurt like hell for drivers. Oh, yeah, that's. 
that's gonna it compresses your spine yeah at, at such a a quick i mean just a millisecond and with so much force every, uh, nearly every other direction you've got safety equipment that cushions the blow straight down there's hardly anything yeah i mean well we saw it with gunner pike last year exactly and we saw it with Trevor Grossenbacher. And I mean, there's there's been several drivers that it's just kind of a thing that's happening in the sprint car world right now that uh, that back injuries are common because when you flip over and smack down on all fours like that, all the other safety equipment that is designed to protect you is nullified. And, and that smack really puts a lot of pressure on your spine. Uh, Neil ended up walking away with a concussion, said it's going to be a few weeks till he's able to get back out to the racetrack, but he will make a recovery and he will be back out at the racetrack. So great to hear that. Uh, the other one that got hurt, uh, Stu Snyder. I, I use the term hurt loosely because uh, he had a bad spill at Belleville. He was transported to the hospital. They did a CT scan on his brain, neck, and back. Everything came back fine. And I think he was out helping uh, crews shoot off fireworks on Sunday night. Maybe Monday I saw that. but so uh, they, they actually found his brain to do the scan. See, and I wanted to make that joke when I was messaging with Kendall, but I decided I, I better not. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, we'll have to get Stu back on the show, but uh, but that is the exact opposite of the front stretch lock. Typically, we, we land guys in victory lane when they come on the show, but uh, they must have put a GoPro on his car or something. Yeah, he probably he probably wasn't thinking and you know had some chicken <laughs> or something. Oh, maybe, maybe. Uh, so I think that's the recap from the drivers. If I forgot anybody, I greatly apologize. But those are the three that came off the top of my head of of uh, of drivers that got hurt last week. Is is it me, Dirk, or is it the season? Is it the time of the year that that we seem to be having some pretty nasty wrecks and some drivers that are getting transported? No, I mean that kind of runs in cycles. You know, it's it, that and rainouts. Again, I've been around the sport a long time. You, you go, you'll have a season every once in a while where you lose half your races to rain. Yeah. And then you'll have three or four years where you're begging for a rain out because you've raced 12 weeks in a row. <laughs> I need a damn day off. Come yeah. on. Yeah. You know, and, uh, you know, it's, it's, uh, not like bull Durham where they just go out and turn the sprinklers on them in the ballpark, the middle of the night, you know, flood the damn place. Yeah. And, oh, I made a rain out. Look at that. But, uh, you know, it's, it's just that way. Um, your accident cycle, um, you've got a guy like Gunnar Pike right now that he can't get out of his own way. And it's too yeah. bad. You know, he's doing everything he can, you know, to make sure he's at the track every week and he's just got zero luck. Mm -hmm. He's, he's struggling with that car a little bit. He's, he's got a different engine in it. Yeah. It, 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 GP 25 is having a tough year and I keep trying to be positive and, and keep his head up, but it, it's so tough when, when you're a guy like him that's ex that that has such high expectations on yourself and you're just not succeeding but you know look at the shark last year oh my god and eagle he he put a body on the car at least every other week blew uh several transmissions several engines several rear ends just ridiculous in fact he might be the reason why we have an engine shortage in this world right now could be but this this year he's back to being the shark yeah back to normal you know, wow. he just had that year where it caught up to him. And I mean, you see it all the way up the cup level. You know, you see guys that are having good years. And like right now, Kevin Harvick, you know, we're getting down yeah. to the nitty gritty in the playoff chase and he still hasn't got a win. You know, I'm glad you brought that up because, I, you know, we talk about drivers that have these one years that are just lights out on fire. 
And that's their one good opportunity to win a championship. Um, and I look at somebody like Kyle Larson now at Hendrick Motorsports. I think it's a little bit of a little bit different than than most other drivers. But Kyle is on fire right now. And this I think this is his best opportunity to win a championship that he may ever have. Because let's face it, even though he's at Hendrick Motorsports, there is plenty of drivers that have struggled while racing Hendrick Motorsports equipment. Well, yeah, but he's he's on fire in whatever he puts his butt in. I know. You know, he's he's winning everything he drives. I I think of, you know, time will tell, but Denny Hamlin last year, that may have been his best opportunity to win a championship. Uh, yeah, very well could have been. I, I'm another still guy without a win this year. Yeah, I'm still surprised Chase Elliott won the championship last year. I didn't feel like it was Chase's year to win, but he came out and he took the championship like he needed to do, and he got it. Uh, you know, there's been years that that Ricky Stenhouse Jr. has been really good. Martin Truex Jr. He fulfilled the the year what he had he had a year or two that he was just on fire, and he he fulfilled what he needed to do and he got the championship. My point with this is that there are there are years where a driver just simply can't make a bad decision and those are the years that they have to capitalize on championships yeah i mean you got to capitalize when the opportunity arises you know and if you're going to use the whole luck you're going to have a 30 year career and you're going to get all your luck in one year you better win that title right absolutely all right let's talk road america uh Raced on Sunday. That was the second time they've been to Road America, right? They raced there last year, earlier this year. It was the first time they've been to Road America. I want to say it was like since '73 or something. It was a, a year oh. in the '70s last time they were there. Because there was actually a fantasy pack for it. That's odd. Well, and usually maybe. there's not there's not a fantasy pack for that. But boy, I did. I don't think they were in there last think, year. But I maybe think they did. Yeah. Well, now I'm gonna have to pull up my facts. Yeah, I hate bringing facts to the show. Yeah, that uh, you know <laughs> we're, we're media. You know we don't deal with facts. We don't deal. We deal with sensation. <laughs> we deal with feelings. Oh, let's see. Road America, Richmond, Daytona. I got a bunch of them in here. I'm missing on my stats sheet, but anyways, doesn't matter. What matters is what happened on Sunday. And Chase Elliott. God, <laughs> I literally sat there on Sunday and thought. That would be my third Chase Elliott pick. There's no way he wins this many road course races in his career. He's cooling off. I'm going to go with somebody else. Ta-da. <laughs> that, I mean, just typical overthinking. I, I knew I should have gone with Elliott. My gut told me to, but then my brain out-talked me. I mean, I put him in my multi-car fantasy team just because he was starting in the back and I knew he'd get a top five. Yeah. You know, so he was going to gain a bunch of positions and be a real good scorer. Uh, but I figured Kyle Bush was going to do real good. And he was starting tail end Charlie and he did real good. So if you'd have had those two guys on a multi-car fantasy team, you'd have, you'd have really cleaned up, but you'd have probably had the two of the maybe three or four highest priced drivers. So then you'd have had junk with the rest of the guys, but or that the end of that first stage, when they got a caution with about four laps to go and a couple guys were in the pits. And uh, when the caution came out, got to finish their stop. And then, you know, they ended up running through, cycling through, um, and finishing the stage, you know, under the caution type deal. Uh, but it changed the whole complexity of the race. The whole complexity got changed right yeah. then and there. Unfortunately, I didn't get to watch or listen to any of it. I was uh, busy taking a nap before I had to work that night. So uh, I'm, I'm 
enjoying it back and I need to get back on my YouTube TV and, and rewatch the race, get caught back up on it. But um, good race though. What'd you think? Um, it was okay. It got, you know, a little, little boring there at the end, but it was nice seeing a guy, you know, Maddie D led a bunch of laps and uh, um, uh, Chase Briscoe led some laps. Uh, you had uh, several instances where uh, teammates got together. Alex Bowman uh, crashed Kyle Larson pretty good. Um, Kyle would have might have had a shot at the win. Uh, Kyle finished one third in stage one, fourth in stage two. Uh, finished sixteenth on the day on the lead lap. Yeah, because in the middle of that third stage, him and Alex Bowman got together, and uh, you know they did Alex Bowman's radio, and he was apologizing. He just said his brakes went away. He goes, mm. "I couldn't do anything. I hit him." Uh, there were a lot of brake issues. I myself. I figured, well, this is a race I can just kind of back off and, and take somebody. So I took A.J. Allmendinger. He finished second in the first stage, and you never saw him the rest of the day. Yeah, I think he ended sorry. up 29th or something. So did I. I took oh, A.J. too. so you did it. I did it. Yep, I, right. dropped out of the, I dropped out of the top 16 for the first time since, I think, the second week. So but it, <laughs> what hurt me what hurt me was a week ago not yeah. missing that Pocono race. That Saturday and, Pocono race. Yeah, that's what yeah. hurt me. That's a yeah. real killer. Surprising, kind of surprising, not really surprising, I guess. Uh, there was 34 cars on the lead lap. I think this is pretty typical of a road course race and in a race that, uh, what was the lap? Uh, Jesus, four four miles? Just to, to take yes. over four miles for a yes. lap? So it takes a lot to lap the field at a racetrack like this. And, and Quinn Hoff, our good friend uh, at Starcom Racing, by the way, I finally found eight ball chocolate whiskey in Omaha and I got a bottle coming. We've got it at the pub and I was trying to make a drink out of it uh, last weekend and I failed miserably. So I'm going to keep working on it. Oh, you were trying to make up a Dan? Yeah. Uh, come in and order a Dan. And it turns out um, it was terrible. So I succeeded. Nobody's ever going to order the Dan. It, it just didn't work out very well. It, was, it, it needs work. I'm, I'm a new bartender to the game, so I, I don't know exactly what I'm doing. I'm just throwing stuff together in a glass. <laughs> all right testing it and throwing up in a bucket right absolutely chase elliott like we talked about got the win uh finished 10th in stage one didn't finish in the top 10 in stage two but ended up getting the win on the day christopher bell finished second kyle bush third kurt bush fourth denny hamlin fifth briscoe chastain reddick truex and de benedetto round out your top 10 uh most laps led on the day goes to chase elliott led two different times for a total of 24 laps well, and that was over a third of the race. I mean, the race was only 60 laps, so. Yeah. Or 62, something like that. Uh, the what, uh, did, did he just, did the stage two finish at, like out of weird sequence or something like that? Yeah, the way cautions were falling, you know, they they had cautions at, you know, at the ends, towards the end of the first two stages. So it, it you know, it was just really weird. Um, and, uh, you know, some guys were in the pits and, and then started up front at the end of the second stage, and you were wondering what guys were going to do. Yeah, the yeah. pit strategies were all over the place and were just huge in the race. And another thing, you can tell the race was weird when you look at the final point total and your top point earner for the day was Chase Elliott, I, I do believe. Maybe yeah. it was. Somebody uh, had no. 40, 46 points. Uh, Chase Elliott had 41. Oh, that's Bush right, yeah. had 41. Tyler Reddick had 46. Ross Chastain had 44. Okay, so Reddick would have been your top point earner. Yeah. At 46. Yep. If the top point earner isn't in the 50s, it's an odd race. <laughs> it is. 
And I can't decide, and this will be something that's going to take me a long time, and maybe I never will decide, if pit strategy racing is fun. Because you you watch a race like Road America or Sonoma or, you know, most of the road courses, you're going to have such different pit strategies. When you go to a race like Kansas, there's basically one pit strategy, maybe two. But at a road course, there's 10 different pit strategies that guys will come up with on the box. And I can't decide if I like those races or not. Yeah, well, I don't care for gas mileage races, but, you know, they're just part of the sport. Everybody's playing by the same set of rules. And if you can win because you can eat out a little more gas mileage than the other guy, then, you know, more power to you. Absolutely. All right. Couple of news and notes. Ross Chastain tested the next gen car at Dover earlier this week, uh, said that um, they must have tested it over several days. Because Ross was testing the wheel force for the next-gen car for the Chevrolet at Dover on Wednesday. Um, Well, excuse me, uh, that doesn't have anything to do with it. But he was there. I want to say it was a multi-day test because he said by Wednesday, we were really close to the current car feel-wise. It's a little slower, a little less power than what we had at Dover and just less grip overall. But little things like steering wasn't quite keeping up with the corner exit, so I manually steered the car. I couldn't make it. He said, I told NASCAR, I couldn't make it 400 laps. I wouldn't make it 400 laps with this current uh, wheel force. So we found the data and the power steering that wasn't keeping up. So we'll go back and tweak it and make it even better. Uh, So they're, they're making fine tunes on that car. And uh, uh, we'll, we'll, as, as it gets closer to being uh, released here in a little, uh, what Daytona next year. Well, yeah, I don't don't think they got it scheduled. It's going to, you know, they're going to start racing it. I don't think you know. they got it scheduled for any races this year, right? No, no. Because when they then the last time we had a big car release like this was the car of tomorrow, and didn't they race that for like five races of the of the uh, the season before it officially hit? I don't remember them doing that. I do remember. Them, I think they ran it at the All Star race. Yeah, but I don't remember them running a whole bunch of races. But they might have. I think they ran like four or five races in that, but. But that was a whole different time ago, a whole different bit of leadership ago. Thank God. Uh, Martin Truex Jr., the again, it, it's something you guys may roll your eyes on, and I'm fine with it. The clickbait article is if it's not fun, I'm not going to hang around too long. Martin Truex Jr. basically said, uh, the next gen car is going to determine my longevity in this sport. It will, I think, and it's a fair question. I think, look at the new car and see what it's like. Well, that doesn't make any sense. Hang on, let me back up. Truex was quoted as saying, I would say, yes, it will affect my longevity in the sport. It will, I think. And that's a fair question. The, the question was asked, if is it going to affect his longevity in the sport? Um, I think, look at the new car, see what it's like, go racing. Hopefully, it's fun. That was the statement. <laughs> and... From that, I seem to be seeing a bunch of articles of Martin Truex Jr. is going to retire after next season because the next-gen car is not going to be fun, uh, which I don't blame him. If he doesn't like the drive of the car, retire because it's not like this car is going to be around for a season or two. This is going to be the car for the next, what, 10 years, Dirk? It's hard to tell. And if, if the racing's no good, you know, uh, obviously I doubt they're going to throw the whole car away type deal, but you might see, you know, phase two, phase three. Yeah, you know, is they're, this they're car definitely going to tweak on it? Is this car going to be unchanged for ten years? No. Right. Is it going to be around for ten years? I don't know. You know, um, 
because if the racing's good hell the car might be there 20 years yeah maybe you know the basic form of it anyway with just like we said like basic upgrades tweaks you know well they're still tweaking now on the cars they've been running they're always you know that horsepower package that horsepower package up we're going to change that horsepower package this arrow package this arrow package this arrow package you know so they got to get it on the track and uh, get 40 of them out there and let them go race and see what happens Coming up this Sunday at Atlanta Motor Speedway, it is the uh, Quaker State, excuse me, that's habit, Quaker State 400. The last time we were at Atlanta Motor Speedway was back on June 7th of 2020, scheduled to be the 10th race of the season. And I think we all know there was a little uh, virus that went around last year and killed far too many people. Um, So we only got to race race number 10 on June 7th. Kevin Harvick picked up the win. Kyle Busch in second. Mark Trucks Jr. in third. Ryan Blaney in fourth. Denny Hamlin top five. Kurt Busch, Jimmy Johnson, Chase Elliott, Brad Keselowski, Joey Logano rounded out your top ten. Uh, lap leaders for the day. Kevin Harvick four times for 151 laps. It's been no secret he seems to know how to get around that racetrack at Atlanta, right? Oh, yeah. yeah Wasn't I that mean, where he, he got his first win? Uh, yes, it was where he got his first win, um, I think, in his second or third cup start. After taking over the 29 machine at, at Childress. Well, he, but, he he was the first driver in the 29 machine. Right. He took over the three operation, which was changed to the 29 out of respect to, right. to, to Dale. But um, let's see. Bad days. William Byron, 33rd. Uh, Eric Jones, 28th. Matt Benedetto, 25th. Not a lot of guys outside of the top 15, 20 that you would, you would expect them to be up in there. Uh, but like I said, Harvick led the most laps. Second most laps was uh, Martin Truex Jr. Led six different times for 65 laps. Martin Truex Jr. also won stage one and two. So hope that helps in your picks for Sunday's race at Atlanta for the Rick Havenridge Pickums contest. Make sure to get your picks in on time. By the way, that race is scheduled for 2.30 Central Time on Sunday. And every single lap can be seen on the big screens at Quaker Steak and Lubin Council Bluffs. Anything we need to cover, Dirk, before we end up today's show? Uh, nope, except uh, if you're looking to see something that, that I think is going to be a good race and be a little different, head on over to Knoxville on Friday night and catch that truck race. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I got a real kick out of, uh, I don't think I want to call him out by name, but a friend of mine who has continuously called it Nap Car and continuously bagged on how boring NASCAR is, no one watches it anymore. I don't know what they're doing up there. Yada, yada, yada. Um, uh, bought tickets to go over to Knoxville and watch the truck race. <laughs> that's and hilarious. I said, uh, now, wait a minute. What? No, no, you got to spill this name. That's hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> that's hilarious. Cause I'm going to be there and I'm going to search him out. Yeah. Well, um, I'm not going to say his name. I think you got a gut feeling who it is. I always get cracked up at, at things like that. You know, that people always love to, frankly bag on nascar and i think you know we've we've done our fair share of bagging on nascar but i think we have a right to we're analysts in the sport and we do still go out and support nascar but i get a kick out of these all these dirt track fans that that talk about how boring and stupid nascar is and then every kansas race weekend you see pictures of them down there and you're like i thought nascar was boring and stupid and then you went and watched the race like, well, I just like I just like when they're commenting on a thread on a NASCAR page, you know. Yeah, and I don't pay any attention to it anymore. Then what are you doing here? Yeah, I, I don't ever watch this stuff anymore. But this is a stupid idea. 
Okay, then yeah. shut up and walk away. You, if you yeah. don't watch it, you don't get to have an opinion. Yet here you are. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Again, the, uh, the race at Knoxville for the truck race this coming Friday. Get your tickets at KnoxvilleRaceway.com. Uh, this will be out by then, so there's, you should still be able to get tickets on the website. But you can also probably get tickets that day of, what's that place hold, like 22,000, 21,000? I was going to say 24, yeah. I think. Um, if they, you know, if they open both the front and the back stretch, uh, who did I see? Somebody had uh, a bargain was selling four tickets on the front stretch for 150 bucks. Wow. It wasn't able to use them. It was somebody on Facebook, but I don't remember who it was. Hey, I'm glad you brought that up. I think we talked about it last week, but anybody that posts on Facebook pages for racetracks that they can't go to the races and they have discount tickets available. It's probably a scam. Don't, don't, don't message them. They're going to take your money. That was just a side note when you mentioned that. Well, this was somebody that's a racer in the area. Yeah. That, that so if you know the them, that's one thing. But yeah. there seems that like there was a problem at the beginning of the season and up until the last couple of weeks where Mohammed and I'm not I'm not trying to be stereotypical or racist. This literally was Arab names that were posting links for you to be able to stream the races. And it was a scam. Now there's everyday Joe Schmo names that. One guy was posting his tickets that unfortunately something came up. He has to work and he can't get to the racetrack. You hover over his name and he seems to work in California. I mean, yeah. it, it doesn't take much to figure this out. Oh, yeah. But yeah. anyways, uh, you and your brother are going over to Knoxville, right? Yeah. And uh, I, I was driving cars today. So um, I've got an email I still haven't opened because our trip took a while through some construction and a bunch of rain and everything we ran through in central Iowa. But uh, my brother did call me and said, Kendra sent uh, an email out this afternoon that uh, evidently there was uh, two spots open in the press box. Oh, really? And I said, well, go ahead and answer it. And put my name in on it because I yeah. can't do anything. I'm driving a car. And he knew I was driving. Yeah. And I said, what are you calling me for? Do you want to sit in the press <laughs> box? So we'll sit in the press box. Come on. Yeah, that's a, it's a uh, yeah, that's. I love going to Knoxville, especially when I can set up the press box, because then I can take down notes and, and get to see an aerial uh, of the, you know, get an overlook of the racetrack and everything that's going on. But boy, I tell you, it, it would be cool to be down in those pits. I that's why I love that crewman for a day contest that we do. I hope we get to bring that back for the October race. I hope Kansas, so, too, because that is that is such a once in a lifetime experience. Anyways, we're going on. I actually started working on arrangements to uh, go to Vegas for the race at the end of September. So oh, really? Yeah, we'll see how that turns out. Cool. All right, so Knoxville Truck Series race on Friday. Uh, the kids bike ride along Friday at IED Speedway. Uh, let's see. The Saturday race at Eagle is the fans with a can. Bring two cans of uh, of food to the for the Lincoln uh, food bank. Uh, yeah, the Lincoln Food Bank, and you get uh, a discount on your admission tickets. I want to say it was two bucks or three bucks, but don't quote me on that. Um, yeah, Good so, cause, great, uh, great racing over the next couple of weeks, a uh, couple of days. Get, make sure to get out to the racetrack. Go support Beatrice. Go support McCool. Go support Crawford County Speedway. Go whoever. Just get out to the racetrack and have a good time. Uh, we love you and, and thank you guys for listening. We'll be back next week to do it all over again. And uh, you guys have a great, safe, and uh, and fun weekend. For Dirk Houston, I'm Dan Taylor. This has been the Front Stretch presented by Joe Scarting on <laughs> – I almost said on AM590. Yeah, I know you did. Hey, I'm going to be, uh... Hey, look at that. You're sitting on your couch playing Halo, Madden, or NASCAR while your friends are at Joe's Karting. 
Each lap is an adrenaline-filled, heart-pumping, white-knuckle experience that you can only get at the Metro's largest indoor karting track. Eco-friendly Honda engines rip you around the professionally designed road course at breakneck speeds. Can you reach the 14-second lap bracket? There's only one way to find out. Put the controller down and get to Joe's Karting, 23rd Avenue in Council Bluffs next to Quaker Steak and Lube. If you love wings, if you love rings, and all kinds of other tempting things, great times, great food, get to Quaker Steak and Lube. Quaker Steak and Lube is the official watering hole of the front stretch and the home of MAV-TV, featuring action from the Lucas Oil Late Model Series. Great times, great food, get to Quaker Steak and Lube. Located on Mid-America Drive in Council Bluffs.